When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer, Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. What an honor and pleasure to be with you this week on the EIB Network on this day made for us by God Almighty It is times such as these in which God has decided we shall all live together. It's 800-282-2882 if you want to join us on the program. Last week, Friday, there was more proof that even as Rush is in uh, heaven, that this program, courtesy this time of EIB and uh, great uh, guide host Jason Lewis, remains on the, uh, the edge of societal evolution. You heard this weekend, perhaps, that the House GOP looks to be moving away from Liz Cheney, which is a smart decision, and there's a reason it's coming late, and that is that that we we don't triangulate. That is, those of us who are just activists and simply Americans who are aware of the stakes that we are in a death struggle with communism, we're not we're not able to triangulate. We want our country to stay. The United States, or at least America, because I don't believe it's united now. So you may have heard this. Um, Jason Lewis had the woman that may replace Cheney in some important positions on on Friday. We're going to get to that story. I just want you to right off the bat understand how fresh the program remains and still putting to this Russia's enduring wisdom. So Kevin McCarthy has moved to or has announced that he backs Elise Stefanik, to replace Liz Cheney in the uh, the House GOP leadership. Now, the reason that this, to us, seems late is that we are watching the stakes increased every single day in our country. Uh, I do a show in Seattle, in Washington State. The so-called governor there has just demanded that the schools will teach racism, that they will teach critical race theory. And there is a, there is, 
within critical race theory, there's this opportunity to to forevermore rid the world of racism. Forevermore. Because according to critical race theory, the problem with the world is whiteness, which means that the, the problem is white people. So a nonviolent solution to this would be simply don't let white people have anything. There you go. Racism is solved because black people cannot be racist, which would come as a surprise to anybody who's ever talked to black people about black people. But this is being shoved down upon states across the country. And President Trump was against this. President Trump understood these stakes. Ron DeSantis understands these stakes. Greg Abbott, the the governor of Texas, understands these stakes. We've understood these stakes for years. And sometimes when you're in the buildup to what is, in fact, a cold, may God keep it a cold civil war in our country, sometimes the battles, even rhetorically, aren't pretty. So we're looking at a Liz Cheney who does not is unable to remove herself from the triangulation of embarrassment. She's got her donors, her establishment base, her establishment pedigree, and her own notion of of what is polite or impolite to hold her back in a full-on battle for whether or not we maintain this country. You know, we we live next door to the country of Canada where <laughs> where SWAT teams are arresting pastors outside their home in the middle of the streets because they won't stop preaching. That's happened in Canada. That's, like, again, next door to us, south of us. In Mexico, we have cartels running things. There was just an article about the cartels loving the West Coast decision to legalize any and all drugs and and not pursue sex trafficking, etc. The stakes are this high. Liz Cheney did not get that. She can't. She can't divorce herself from the swamp. She grew up in it. She can't see it. Elise Stefanik can, or Stefanik can see it. We would hope. Now, is this a true conversion for Kevin McCarthy? I don't know. I've met him. He's a nice enough person. Does he truly understand the stakes? I hope he does. So I mentioned that Jason Lewis talked to Elise on Friday on, on Rush's show. That's going to be at RushLimbaugh.com for you to look at, and so you can review that. In an interview this weekend with Maria Bartiromo on Fox's Sunday Morning Futures, House Minority Leader and California Republican Kevin McCarthy officially declared his support for Congresswoman Elise Stefanik of New York in her bid to replace Liz Cheney as the third-ranking Republican in the House. To defeat Nancy Pelosi and the socialist agenda, we need to be united, and that starts with leadership. That's why we will have a vote uh, next week, and we want to be united in looking moving forward, and I think that's what will take place. Do you support Elise Stefanik for that job? Yes, I do. (laughs) I like that he has to pause and think about it. So following that, Stephanie tweeted a thank you for his support and added, together as one team, we'll stand up for the American people and hashtag Fire Pelosi in 2022. Guys, we did that Fire Pelosi thing, Financy Pelosi thing. It worked really, really well. Let's update some things. How about we're going to save the United States of America or bring it back to a United State? Because right now it's not. And you can say socialism 
You can say that all day long. And you know what? With young people, it sounds like free donuts. Because it is. It is. It sounds like not working for a living. Because it is. To them. As the left is installing universal basic income with COVID flu as the excuse, we're going to use catchphrases like socialism? How about this? How about the end of America is what we're facing? And I'm not the only one who said that. Liberals like Dr. Naomi Wolf have said that, written books about it, and are warning of it. Now, the never-Trumper equation into this, I am baffled at how at this point... Even people like me who are troubled by the president's personality when he ran for president, I watched the results. He's defending this country. I am baffled as to how people can remain in that never-Trumper stance. And, and Rush talked about the never-Trumpers and asked this question. I have a question that everybody that hates Donald Trump needs to ask. And I know they're not going to. This is a rhetorical academic exercise. Well, it's not just academic. There's actual substance to it. But I don't expect the people that hate Trump to actually play. But the questions are, do you do you hate Trump or do you hate his antics? Do you hate his personality? Do you hate the way he tweets and talks or do you hate the results he gets? What is it you really hate about Trump? That is the real question. Petty personal hate driven by fear and loss of power or massive monumental results. This is a thing about the never-Trumpers that has forever intrigued me. It doesn't puzzle me because I understand it. Here you have these so-called conservatives who have, for their careers, at least the last 30 years that I've been aware of them, have been attempting to implement conservatism throughout our country. Politically, culturally, socially, they have published magazines. Well, they haven't. They've asked for money to publish magazines. They actually don't know how to create their own income. That's an amazing thing about it. They're conservatives and have to beg people for money. They have to beg Rupert Murdoch to fund the first magazine. Then they go beg somebody else at Bloomberg to fund the next magazine. Then they go beg somebody else to fund the big cruise where they're going to go have all these conservative spokesmen to come out there and tell people what to think and what to do. Point is, they're out there positioning themselves as the first line of defense. They're positioning themselves as the reason conservatism has a chance. They position themselves. These never-Trumper conservative intellectuals position themselves as the reason conservatism has a chance. Now they've abandoned conservatism happily. The minute Donald Trump's elected president, they're out of there. They're bye-bye. And as Trump implements issue after issue after issue that they supposedly devoted their lives to, they hate Trump. So what is it they hate? They hate his personality? They hate the fact that they think he's low class and low brow? Or do they hate the results that he's getting? That is the real question. It is, and it was, and it will be. And I would take Donald Trump back as president 10 separate times because he saw the stakes. He witnessed to us the stakes. He fought against the absolute abject poison of teaching racism in our schools. 
he fought against the degradation of the United States by groups like the the WHO and others. He did this because in his heart, he knows. Because he's not been lifetime establishment. And I hope that Elise Stefanik, if she gets this position, or Stefanik, I hope that she will continue to see the stakes that we face in this country. We come back. There's another guy who is being awakened to the stakes and the fact that we see them and he doesn't. And that's Mitt Romney. We'll talk about that next on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. And just mentioned to you that Jason Lewis had you know taken us to the cutting edge of societal evolution on Friday that's just another reason. Jason, also one of the guide hosts here. Um, that's that's another reason to be a Rush 24-7 member and to frequent RushLimbaugh.com is because you'll continue to get nuggets like that that put you ahead of the curve in every single way. Who was the first person in your memory to really describe what Mitt Romney is in terms of governance? Because I'm, I'm a big fan of the idea that there's no such thing as Mitt Romney, that he doesn't exist. That there is a a father who is a really good father, loves his kids very much, named Mitt Romney. There is a businessman, Mitt Romney, who is shrewd and and brilliant and strategic and creates value or spots undervalued assets and and sometimes breaks them up and sells them, which has a human cost to it, of course. Then there's a guy who wants to be everybody's papa. And that's another Mitt Romney. And in politics, there is no solid Mitt Romney. I bet you, if you went to Mitt and you talked to him about parenting, I bet his principles never changed. I bet they've been solid from day one. I bet if you went to him in business, it would be about the fundamentals and value creation. And are we building this entity to last or are we building it to flip? Are we looking at this entity as something we can improve or something we should break up and sell? And I bet those are numbers-based decisions. I bet that's the same with his philanthropy. Politics, there's only one number. It's the polls. Now, you could say, as he has, oh, well, when I went after Trump, that was my principles, Herman. You don't get it. No, I do, because you didn't go after Obama, who committed more harm to this country than, than all of Donald Trump's tweets packed into a nuclear missile and fired at the heart of the country ever could do. Tweets don't do things. Allowing the Taliban and Hamas to smuggle drugs across our border as the political detail, that does things like helps destroy people's lives with opioids. We could go through the Obama destruction of the country that now continues with Joe Biden's dementia, reading from Barack Obama's teleprompter, and Mitt Romney has very little to say. Oh, he said when he was getting booed in Utah, because he's been censored by the Utah County Republican Party, Mitt Romney has. Thank you, Utah County Republican Party. He was booed at the Utah GOP convention. Thank you, Utah GOP convention, and the people who booed him. And he could say, well, Herman, those were my principles. No, because we're watching Right now, our our energy system in Texas being hacked. We're watching missiles launched once again into Israel, which didn't happen. This is what, how long has Biden's dementia been in there? We're watching a militarized installation in Washington, D.C. That's what's going to continue forevermore. 
we're, we're watching a wholesale destruction of the work ethic with the installation of a universal basic income under cover of COVID. And, and Mitch, uh, he's troubled. He's troubled by some of the policies of Biden, but not Biden himself, not Obama himself. Those aren't principles. Those are opportunistic things to say to be the thoughtful senator from Utah. You know, Rush knew <laughs> Rush knew what Mitt Romney is all about. It's not about conservatism or fighting against leftism. Mitt Romney represents the never-Trump mentality that's in the Republican Party. He's a strain of it. He may not be as virulent as some of the pseudo-so-called intellectual magazine types who comprise the never-Trumpers, column writers, and so forth. But he... Uh, Exactly as I as I stated, look, here's Mitt Romney. He's running for president, what, 2012, and in the early stages of it, there's a rap going around that he's not really a conservative, that he's a rhino, that he's a moderate Republican, and he has to pretend to be a conservative because he really isn't one. And he kind of, like most people in Washington, looks down his nose at conservatives. So in an attempt... To persuade people that they were wrong, that he was, in fact, a conservative. Do you remember how he described himself? He said, I am a severe conservative. And all of us conservatives looked around and said, what the hell is a severe conservative? We've never heard that. Romney exemplifies the Washington establishment. He is career politics. His family, his father, he's career. There is a certain way that those people behave. There's a certain station that they think they've achieved and they maintain it by knowing their place. And Republicans' place is always second tier. You must acknowledge your second tier. You must acknowledge the superiority of the primacy of the Washington establishment. You must always make it clear that you appreciate being in that establishment, you got to know your place in it. And the one thing Republicans in the establishment do not do is anything like what Trump does or is. You don't fight back. You don't really try to win in a permanent basis. Yeah, you can test for the presidency every four years, and you may win now and then. But then you acknowledge you're going to be destroyed the next four years. You acknowledge that, that, that you're going to be hit. That's the price that you will pay for winning. And you have to smile and grin and bear it. And it has grown to just so frustrate Republican voters and conservative voters who have thought all along that the Republicans are actually in this to win and to dominate and to push the other side aside. That we are there to exercise our will over the forces of opposition. We are there to win. That's not the way Republican establishment people look at their role in the establishment. Look, you know this as as well as I do. But Trump comes along and he just totally upsets the established norms. And it's on that basis he's got to go. And in a claim that he's incompetent and a boob and doesn't know what he's doing, is filled with chaos, endangering the United States, losing our respect around the world. We can't have this. We've established this world order that the United States set up after World War II. Trump's coming along trying to blow it up. We can't let this happen. We can't allow this to happen. So it's easily understandable if you know who the players are and if you have come to grips with the way Republicans in this establishment acknowledge 
their place in it. The one of the challenges for conservatism is that it is difficult to productize freedom. Now, this this takes a little bit of an explanation. The left can constantly push product, free health care that you and I both know is it's not free, or they're protecting you. You you wear a woke mask, you can't get sick. Right? Never mind that that's there's no no scientific rigor behind that, and there can't be because the physics don't work. But don't get me started on the COVID because I'm obsessed. It's difficult to productize freedom, particularly when you yourself don't truly believe in the power of the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. Here is a here's a productizing of freedom. If you take federal monies and your big college, you will provide online courses for free. The students therein will not get to have interactions with the professors or the teaching assistants. They will have to pay a rate to take a test. And they get a discount rate because they don't get those things. That would put downward pressure on big education. Or we're going to open up all jobs all jobs to apprenticeships. Oh, yes, even professions. We used to do that. You can productize competition and freedom, but it takes creativity and a belief that if you did that, provided these pathways for people, it would force big college to change. The left just takes the shortcut. Well, let's make college free. This is one of the challenges of conservatism is we must get really good at productizing freedom so that young people who are one day going to run the country, will actually vote for it. More to come as we unfold the program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Absolute pleasure to hang out with you, fellow students of the Limbaugh Institute. We're having a conversation earlier today. Um, Allie, who is, I don't know, her specific teaching title. I'm pretty sure at this point it's a senior fellow uh, at the Limbaugh Institute where the education continues. That Joe Biden's dementia had said that, that what did he say, dogs or cats making over 400000 well, I mean, people, and then he corrected himself a few times, are not going to pay more taxes. Oddly, oddly, there's lots of ways to be taxed. One of them is to watch the price of everything go up, which is happening. Of course, everything's prices are going up because government is getting more expensive by the minute. And there's only so many $6 trillion handouts you can have before businesses notice this. And taxes on businesses going up. The businesses just simply don't pay taxes. And now there's the talk of the universal tax rate, a, a, a floor, a global minimum tax to outlaw competition, to outlaw efficiency. By some readings of some of the recent legislation that's come out of Joe Biden's dementia, it's illegal for states to lower your taxes if they want federal monies. And I've been watching over this weekend as I've seen, you know, gas prices up six cents. We see the cyber attack. Oh, you wait till you hear Rush on this. Wait. And you want to know another example of why he was so special You wait till you hear his analysis that we're going to take from the Apple incident and apply this to this this um, you know the cyber attack 
on this fuel pipeline. Wait until you hear that. It's unbelievably salient. That's coming up. We've seen higher consumer prices in everything. Over the weekend, Mother's Day, like you, I hung out with my mom, whom I love, and my wife, whom I love, and we went out a bunch. Everywhere we went, save one super successful restaurant, everybody was begging for employees, begging for employees. And I talked to three separate business owners who looked me in the eye and said, no one wants to work. There are states like Washington where the average now benefits, you can get 41000 bucks per year for not working. The average income in Washington state is around 43000 to forty-seven, depending on how you calculate it. There's no reason for people to work when there's this universal basic income being installed on people. And what will happen is happening now. <laughs> when you have to pay 25 bucks an hour... In small towns to have people work in a restaurant, there aren't going to be small restaurants. They can't afford that scale. So you end up with mega restaurants where the food is is developed out of a lab overseas, shipped over here and heated up in microwaves. Mm-mm. 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 Or really fancy places where they can afford to pay that. That's what we're going to see. So Rush said said it then and it applies every day democrats they don't care what the american people pay for gas or anything else they only care that the left can use it to harm republicans if republicans cannot win with these gas prices while the democrats have an inexperienced arrogant condescending moron elitist who doesn't understand why anybody would object to continually rising gas prices which is going to drive up the cost of everything, then they are the latter half of dumb and dumber. This is a gold mine opportunity. You've got a Democrat Party presidential nominee, and we can get the tape, who has said the only thing that bugs him about $4 gas is how fast we got there. He didn't like the speed and the rapidity with which the price went to $4. The Republicans continue to tell us that they can't win, that this isn't their year. This, that, that's BS. This year is served up on a silver platter. Now we've got the Democrats wavering and caving on this because they see the reality. People vote their pocketbooks. Democrats are on the wrong side of the biggest issue since 9-11. This is a huge, huge opportunity. There isn't anything else right now. Republicans ought to be all over the radio with this. Everybody in a car who has a radio is a potential target. Because a car is what takes gasoline. People in their cars are listening to the radio. That's why the Republicans need to be on the radio. How mad do you get every time you pull in? How mad do you get when you see the price? And you know that there are people who are standing in the way of doing anything about it within the economic laws of supply and demand. You don't expect a magic wand, but you do expect some responsibility. Then you realize it's the Democrats who want you mad. It's the Democrats who want you suffering. It's the Democrats who want you mad and suffering because they think you're going to blame Republicans. And elect them. Every gas station owner is a potential Republican voter. Every cab driver, every trucker, everybody owns a boat. Anybody who drives anything is a prime target here for Republicans. All this doom and gloom and this apocalyptic stuff about their chances from the Republicans is insane. Why run around and create your own negative, self-fulfilling prophecy? I understand, well, Russia just trying to lower expectations. Screw the lowering expectations. Where is... 
an aggressive campaign on offense about this. I mean, to me, to me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm venting the obvious. But it just seems to me the Democrats ought to be the party on the run here. And in Walmart parking lots, in front of restaurants, in front of any establishment right now, Republicans should be there saying, do you see the price increase and handing out a picture of Joe Biden's dementia? Communicating to people who are still going to work. Folks, there are people in our states around this country pulling in 40 grand a year, working hard in their careers. They live next door to people who are pulling in 40000 a year in this form of this backdoored universal basic income. And they're doing the math. It doesn't make sense for them to work. We can only carry so many people on our backs. It is a good thing to be charitable. We should be charitable, and we are as a people. But when you put weights on the back of the people who can be charitable, they're going to break down. It's the yurtle the turtle the thing. Remember that? Dr. Seuss, you stack the turtles on high so the leader turtle can be on top and survey his kingdom. And then a turtle coughs from below and the turtles tumble. We need to be able to productize this with young people. We need to be able to save money, obviously. And like, here's an example. For many of us, we're never far away from our cell phone these days. So between the phone, the calls, the text, the web searches, the binge watching, you use it all day. And that's why your cell phone's more expensive than ever. Switch to Pure Talk with a $30 flat charge for all that. When Rush discovered Pure Talk early last year, he detailed it all for us. Remember this? You shop for the best price you can find on insurance, on home mortgages, on vacation travel, maybe even cheeseburgers. I don't know. So why not do the same thing with cellular phone service? Your cell phone number is your own And who you choose for cellular service is all up to you. One company makes such a compelling offer, it's worth thinking about. It's Pure Talk. They offer you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. And guess what? If you go over on the data, they don't charge you for it. Pure Talk. Compare that monthly price, $30 a month, to your current cell phone bill, and you'll see why it makes sense to change. Now, I don't know what your cell phone bill is, but I would wager you that it's 60 bucks or more, maybe 120, maybe 75 or more. This outfit, Pure Talk, is offering you unlimited talk, unlimited text, and six gigs of data for $30 a month. Now, Pure Talk knows they're in the same business with the likes of AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile. In fact... Get this, they use the same cell towers of one of the big companies that covers 99% of the country. They offer superior service. 100% of the Pure Talk customer support team is right here in America. So you make one phone call to them today, you can start to save money by switching to Pure Talk. All you do is get your cell phone and dial pound 250. Next, you say Pure Talk. It's that simple. You'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, and then say Pure Talk. One of the Pure Talk customer service people be right there on the phone to help you. And by the way, it's legit. $30 a month, unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data. Man, if I was not just a guide host, I would say, wow, bring the music down. I got to tell you this. You please, do you have a calendar, like an electronic calendar, or write this down? I promise you, promise you, you will not regret this. 
Bo Snurdly is going to join us this Wednesday, and his real name is, of course, James Golden. And James is hosting this forthcoming podcast, Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the Golden EIB microphone. He's going to join us uh, afternoon Eastern time this Wednesday to talk about the stories to be shared in this, this podcast series. First episode is available on Wednesday. It's sponsored by MyPillow and Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And I'll just tell you this. Um, James is one of the most fierce believers in and defenders of Rush, not that Rush needs defending. He did that quite well on his own. Also a great storyteller. You're going to love this. Please mark this on your calendar. I, well, I'll be here, so I'm <laughs> marking it on mine. Uh, let's go now and talk to Bobby in Jonestown, Tennessee. Thoughts on Kevin McCarthy bringing Elise Stefanik to the table instead of Liz Cheney. Uh, Bobby, welcome to the EIB Network. Todd Herman, your guide host. I'm glad you called. Afternoon. Uh, you're doing a great job. Goddamn, I miss Rush. Well, we all do, sir. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, Kevin McCarthy's just 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 pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. He's just trying to save his own bacon. I mean, if you really wanted to impress me, he put Marjorie Taylor Greene in that position instead of <laughs> instead of Liz Stefan. <laughs> And and what he should do is you know step down and let Jim Jordan take his position. But look, we got to wipe these Rhino Republicans who are basically liberals anyway out. I mean, he he's not. You got to remember, this is a guy. Him and Paul Ryan, they sat back. They didn't give Donald Trump one dime to fund that wall. He is no better. He's just trying to save his own bacon. But you know, and, and, and if we can ask Bo Snurdly, is he the guy doing the Arby's beef commercial? He's like, <laughs> we got the beef. That's Bo Snurdly. I talked to Bo Snurdly, and I think that's Bo Snurdly. But he's not. God bless Bo Snurdly. Take it easy, guys. All right, so a new conspiracy born as of today. Bo is doing Arby's commercials. We will we'll make sure to make that topic number one when Bo Snurdly, real name James Golden, <laughs> joins us this Wednesday. Did you hear Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about the COVID passports, about which Rush warned us? Rush was talking about the paper-based passports for having had the COVID injections. And 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 as as big a fan as Rush was of President Trump trying to save lives, because he was told we're only three million dead Americans, and so we had Project Warp Speed. He knew what the left would do with these things, and now, of course, they're employing companies to employ these. It's in in West Coast states, in Washington State. Example: the governor there is pushing this into baseball games. It's segregation again. If you don't give up your bodily autonomy to Jay Inslee or to or to Gavin Newsom, well, you don't get to fully participate in society, right? So we see moves like this. Rush warned us about that stuff. And we're seeing it come to fruition. This is why we continue to do the program in the way that we do to wind this stuff together. But this conspiracy theory about Bo and Arby's, this could overtake any COVID conspiracy because there might be something to this. And now I'm getting I'm getting texts about this. All right, I'll stay off of it. Ian in Springville, Utah, you're in the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Beautiful place, Springville. Welcome to Rush's program. Thanks, Todd. Happy Monday. Hey, I was just mentioning uh, to the screener why Mitt Romney will always have a great chance of getting reelected despite his unpopularity. And that pretty much starts with uh, Bob Bennett. Bob Bennett got ousted in convention several years ago, and all of a sudden everybody started whining about that. And uh, they started this initiative called Count My Vote, and that allows candidates 
not when they file for uh, election, they can also go out and get signatures. And if they get enough signatures, they will automatically be on the primary ballot, regardless of what happens in convention. <laughs> and so you talk about, you know, kind of rigging the system. Yeah. And this was all, and they'll deny it, but this was basically, you know, the, the elitist, the established Republican party wow. could not stand that Bob Bennett got ousted, and it was a bad <laughs> out. He didn't get through the first or second round of votes. And uh, so we see it here, you know, in Utah. Oh. And uh, and Utah is a total mail-in now is a total mail-in ballot. Oh no! Here in the even here in the county, the state they they've embraced mail-in voting. Oh, I'm telling uh, you, we we watch the fraud with this everywhere. This mail-in balloting stuff comes. What the establishment's willing to do to back the establishment, Lisa Murkowski lost her race in Alaska several cycles ago to a really strong conservative Republican lawyer, special forces guy. And they just flipped the rules like that. You didn't have to write her last name on a write in. You could just write Lisa. (laughs) It could be misspelled. They had they had people outside the polling places saying just write Lisa. Right. And here's my here's my test for Romney. Is I, I doubt this is Romney willing to go straight to Joe Biden and say, look, the vaccines are one thing. People making informed choices are another. Actual informed consent is another. But Biden's dementia, you will agree with Marjorie Taylor Greene, as I was saying or started to say, that this is simply it's this is this is communism superpowered to tell people you must do this to compete in life. Let's give Romney that test. And see if he survives that. I appreciate the inside look at Utah politics, Ian. Thanks very much for joining Rush's program. Much more as we continue. It's Todd Herman, your guide host, this week on the EIB Network. So Rush was always on, of course, the cutting edge of societal evolution. And he told us, he warned us, we were going to see politics and everything, even sports. So question, should we be waiting to find out if this Kentucky Derby horse Medina spirit is mega. I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you know me. I think if you wait long enough, you will detect politics in everything. Now let's do a let's do a quick comparison. When Roger Clemens was accused of doping, the sports media turned on him like that. He was guilty. Lied to Congress, they needed to throw him away. And throw away the key at the same time. They were just, I'll never forget it. I thought Clemens was this beloved sports figure, but when this happened, the media turned on Clemens. You'll hear more about this and Rush's analysis of this dynamic, whereby maybe athletes would be turning to the Clinton-type defense of things, the Hillary Clinton-type, Benghazi-type non-excuses. I keep waiting, and I do have a call in. Uh, to Dr. Fauci's office uh, to see if this horse is, is COVID positive. Because while we're testing things, I mean, we may as well get out a, a useless 35-cycle PCR test and put that in the horse's beak. Because if this thing is COVID positive and it's it's a drug addict, I mean, they're really going to be torn. Because the left's version of drug addicts is to give them more drugs. That's the treatment vision. But if it's COVID positive... Right, we could have a whole set of problems here because we're not putting masks on horses, but we're putting them on track athletes, and they're passing out. Yes, it is a Tony Fauci update as we continue on the EIB now. 
Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost, the average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash buck. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name Clay for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Such an honor to be with you as a fellow lifetime fan of Rush and students at the Limbaugh Institute. On this day, the Lord has made as a gift for us in times such as these that we will live inherent therein. My attempt at sounding lawyerly. Inherent therein, unique sets of responsibilities. Mine in this segment is to not get obsessive because I am obsessed with the response to the COVID flu and so much around it. It's 800-282-2882. I just enjoy chatting with you, and I know the rest of Russia's audience enjoys hearing from Russia's audience. 
Uh, Dr. Fauci is continuing his ever-evolving positions on things. Ever-evolving, but always since uh, he determined that this is the walking dead, combined with the stand, combined with, uh, with, with the smallpox, combined with all these things, the deadliest virus known in the history of the world, albeit, you know, with the 99.87% overall survival rate. Smallpox, I think, killed 60% of the people who, who got it before they figured out that they could use, uh, what, cowpox, expose people to a lesser variant of the virus and prepare their immune systems. Dr. Fauci says that face masks could become seasonal after the COVID flu. Just a fun fact. You know what's still floating around in the air? Spanish flu. Still floating out there. Uh, Don't freak out. We've developed immune systems that can respond to this. Well, we have immune systems that have developed responses to that. To watch this man just continue to evolve these positions... It's, it's astonishing. Astonishing because the fact of the matter is his own organization published one of the most robust pieces of work about masks ever. They observed multiple, multiple controlled, randomized trials where people had confirmed upper respiratory influenza. They, they, they confirmed it. They observed people in home settings, in apartment settings, in work settings. And believe it or not, they, they observed people on a, on, a, on a pilgrimage to Mecca. At no time did these masks inhibit the transmission of these viruses. But Fauci now says these are going to be seasonal. <laughs> there are college students from UMass Amherst suspended for not wearing masks off campus. There was a track athlete in Oregon, a high school, young woman in high school, who passed out because she had to wear a woke mask running a race. And we're still with this mask thing. And now Fauci's saying, well, it might be a bit of a tradition uh, like Santa Claus uh, to put on a face diaper it, it just it's think of it as a way of, of, of just remembering me, Dr. Tony Fauci. Uh, and it will be an opportunity for you to think about me and talk about me and just focus on me during the Christmas season. I could see that happening. Could you? Then there's this. I was talking this weekend to a woman whose son has... Uh, a kind of mystery heart condition, and he wants to play football. He's a young man in high school who wants to play football. His cardiologist, his heart doctor, typed a letter to the school saying, this young man should not wear a mask when he plays football. The response of the school is basically, well, sticks and stones will break some bones, but you're a, you're just an MD. You're not even a PhD or... Our superintendent, she's a PhD, so this this woman's in this position of her young son, young man, wants to play football, and he's willing to risk his life to do that. The mom may not be as willing to have her son suffer a heart attack. And then, along the lines of Fauci, in Ontario, Canada, 
Doctors are forbidden from contradicting the COVID narrative. They're forbidden from that 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 doctor who wrote that note on behalf of his of his patient saying this human being should not wear a mask. That's now illegal. Well, it's not illegal, but it's going to be punished um, by the the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. How do I know? Because it's on their website. So doctors are no longer what are, are we going to outlaw doctors discussing cases? You know, doctors will will come together sometimes and they'll have discussions about a particular patient's predicament and they'll share ideas that not not an on 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 Ontario. Why do you need doctors? If the narrative is the cure, just go in and repeat the narrative. You got someone in there starving for oxygen, they're apoxic, their lips are blue, just go in and say, "Well, Really, what you're feeling is just concerned that you're not near enough me. Maybe we could just have screens of the Fouch in these, in these. That might be it. Oh, my arm's broken. Well, it might be broken, but really what we might be dealing with is some side effects of the COVID flu. Fauci's going to prove to be, years from now, in my opinion, one of the most deceptive people uh, in the history of our country and perhaps most harmful a year, a year ago this week, Rush was right here behind his, only Rush has the golden EIB microphone, pointing out the contradictions coming from Fauci and others on this topic. And he was right on when it came to the disproportionate amount of attention this doctor was getting at the time, including some journalists calling Fauci the sexiest man alive. Absurdity on full display. Here's the Maha on that topic. I have a story here of PJ Media. Neurosurgeon says face masks pose serious risk to healthy people. Again, the story written by Megan Fox. I think this Megan Fox, babe, she does nothing but write stories at PJ Media. Seems like I quote from her four times a day, which is fine. Don't misunderstand. Every Karen on Facebook is shaming her neighbors for not wearing a face mask. You've heard about this, right? Snitches. A bunch of blue state governors are actually asking citizens to snitch on people for not wearing masks, not practicing social distancing, hanging around closer than six feet to people, going places they shouldn't go. And these people have names, nicknames. They're called Karens. And they are deploying on Facebook. They're snitching on people, identifying them on Facebook. And so she writes here, every one of these snitches, every Karen on Facebook is shaming her neighbors for not wearing a face mask. We're being told by governors that if we don't wear the face mask, we're selfish. We're horrible. We have no souls. We want grandma to die a horrible death. Police are tackling people who don't wear the masks properly in the subway. Grocery stores are throwing maskless people out, denying them service. But now there's another doctor weighing in besides Dr. Fauci, bona fide sex god and ruler of us all. Now, you may not understand her reference there to bona fide sex god, but it's because some idiot female journalist at Vanity Fair or New Yorker, whatever, proclaimed Fauci the sexiest man alive. Not that long ago, so that's her snide reference to Dr. Fauci as a bona fide sex god. Dr. Fauci, by the way, has also said that face masks are largely security theater and of no use to the healthy. 
And now comes Dr. Russell Blaylock, a neurosurgeon, has written an editorial addressing healthy people wearing masks to protect themselves from COVID-19. His advice is don't do it. If you're healthy, do not wear the mask. First, he says there is no scientific evidence that it is effective against COVID-19 transmission. Pro-science people should care about this. Now, you realize how many people are going to be floored and stunned by that? Hello, folks. I needed some dental surgery done a couple of weeks ago. Could not enter do any without wearing a mask. And everybody in there was wearing a mask. And you start telling people that healthy people don't need it, that it's not going to protect you from COVID-19. You're going to upset a whole bunch of apple carts. But Dr. Blaylock is suggesting that it isn't necessary. Dr. Fauci has called it security theater. And yet, as the number of cases is flattening now, here come all these people increasing the wearing of masks in the health community. It's almost as though they don't want you to get the message that the news on the virus might be improving. Almost like that. Timeless. You know, Scientific American came up with this article that was just in praise. I think it was New Mexico. Oh, look how they've destroyed the virus. And they did it with, with mask compliance. And, and like a month after that piece came out, the, this, the cases went up because it became winter time. It's, it's, it's tied to the climate. This is something I get a lot from people in email because I do talk radio. They'll, they'll send me a note. Oh, uh, you know, forgive me if I take my advice from the scientists versus a talk Oh, a shock jock. Right. Here's my response. Which scientists? And it's just look at me just blue screening. What? You said you'd take your advice from the scientists. Which ones? Uh, well, the ones called Fauci? Got it. Outsourcing your intellect. Brilliant. When we come back, you will hear actual brilliance. Rush reminding us that, hey, maybe the U.S. government ain't that great at cybersecurity. And maybe Apple was right to not give them backdoor access to the iPhone. The program will roll along. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. You, of course, have read about and heard about the ransomware attack on... Really a backbone portion of U.S. energy system, this pipeline in Texas. And the uh, a gang called Darkside is said to have accomplished this. There is a, um, there's a gentleman who has done more serving in the armed forces than I ever have, uh, well, which is none. His name is uh, Russell L. Honore. Was he... Uh, U.S. Army retired 2008. Uh, Katrina leadership, public speaker, books on survival and leadership, and don't get stuck on stupid. I'm looking at his tweet here. He had suspected that this um, this hack, this cyber attack on the, one of our largest pipelines, was perhaps the work of the uh, what what he calls the uh, the domestic terrorism. Uh, that attacked our capital. It's quite possible. It's domestic terror group, cyber attack on our infrastructure. FBI needs help. I had thought that Buffalo Horn Man 
had not, I didn't know, is he a hacker too? See, this is sort of the Trump derangement syndrome. To, to reach for that, because it affords you the opportunity. I mean, you, he may well think that. I just, I find that baffling that one would think that, given that cyber attacks like this are now, they've happened to school districts and, and city governments. And to turn to the, to, to the FBI on this, I'm sorry, are we, is it a requirement now that we forget that the old executive office building got hacked and we think it was by China and they stole a bunch of um, personal identifiable information on our veterans and, and people in the military? Is that, are we, I just need to check and see, are we supposed to pretend that didn't occur? Or that the government is particularly skilled at this or better at it than, than say, private industry? It is a frightening thing that people can do this. And we've seen people get into our dams, and, and fortunately they didn't, in fact, you know, flood a neighborhood or flood an area. This is, this is a focus. It should be for us because it could be catastrophic. But to turn and say, well, it's probably the, the January 6th rioters who did this, no. No, it's probably not. It's almost certainly not. And the AP thinks it's this hacker group. Of course, it is likely to be that. But look, there is, in this clip you're about to hear, to me, this is just an absolute classic. It's almost postdoctorate work from the ever-continuing education we all got, you know, and get from the Limbaugh Institute, Rush explains here why he defended Apple's refusal to give the the FBI backdoor access to an iPhone. This ransomware stuff, it's a new kind of computer hacking, and it is becoming more widely proliferated out there. And essentially the way it works is um, you can trigger it with a a phishing email. You can fall victim to a phishing attack. Uh, It generally can't happen unless you help it to happen. It's not as though your computer is invaded without you knowing it. You get an email or or something that, a message that, that looks legitimate from someplace and you click on a link because it's requiring you to, suggesting you do. When you click on that link, you're sent to a website that then infects the computer. In this case, with this ransomware virus, which has a couple of, uh, of different names, uh, this wanna cry, wanna crypt, uh, wanna cry, wanna crypt ransomware. It's all over the world now. And once you click on the link, what happens is that the hacker encrypts all of the data on your computer and sends you an email. Actually, you end up at a website that tells you you have been hacked, that your data has been encrypted, and you have to pay a certain amount of money in a certain amount of time in order to be sent the decryption key, the password. And if you don't, then your data will be lost and destroyed forever. When they originally happened, the ransomware was attacking companies and institutions, and the ransom was very expensive. And immediately, computer people began working on how to defeat the encryption without paying the ransom. And what the ransomware makers decided to do then was to really lower the cost of the ransom to make it the easiest option that somebody who had been hacked would face. If they charge you $150 or $200 or $500, that's theoretically much less of a 
hassle and it's much speedier than to try to go out and get rid of the virus that's in your computer or the hack and, and find a way to find the key to decrypt it. And so that's the latest manifestation. The ransomware is not usually that expensive. But in this case, it is so widespread that it affected hospitals uh, all over the world. It, it, uh, it, it's an indication if they do something like this, it could affect the power grid. Imagine being able to take us back to the 17th or 18th century with no electricity. So people take this stuff very seriously, as they should. The Pentagon, the CIA, they're constantly under assault from any number of people. Pajama-clad little kids in their basements are trying to hack in. Everybody in the world is. And that's why computer network security is such a, an improved thing, a great thing, and why there's so much attention paid to it. Because the exploits and the attacks are getting more and more sophisticated. Now, do you see where Russia's taking us in regard to distributing this stuff to the government? The, the government, this is, a, I guess, another example of where we need to get better at productizing freedom or at communicating at least. The government is not the thing that can swoop in and save everything. This is a great opportunity for Republicans to be out in front of the fact that Biden putting government on top of everything. They're going to make sure that you can't kick a renter out of your house if they don't pay rent. Is Fauci going to extend that? Somehow he got the right to do that? That's been invented for him or was? Putting the government in charge of giving money to black farmers but not white farmers. Putting the government in charge of every aspect of life. We have this opportunity to go back and say, wait a minute, how many hack jobs have occurred in government versus private industry? It's always phenomenal to me. When I watch or am in show prep exposed to the news saying government sources say they're available to help the. Okay, great. It's helping. Who helps the government? Why is there this delineation? Why do we allow this in our society of we talk about the government? Well, what's the government? It's people working there for paychecks. We have people in private industry who work there for paychecks. How is it that private industry can't come in? Oh, wait, they are. Oh, no, they are. I forget myself. Oh, I apologize. No, no, private industry is stepping in to help government with with the COVID passports. It's funny how the technology we can't seem to handle, making sure that we secure our energy grids. But man almighty, when it comes to the thing Rush warned us about with the left using this to control us ever more, to segregate society as they're doing in, in Washington State, then we get the help of private industry. You see that all of a sudden now, well, it's just private industry. They're helping the government. Facebook is helping the government do away with disinformation. But wait, I thought it was the government who came and helped us when we got hacked. Much more as we continue to unfold the program. Todd Herman, your guide host on the EIB Network this week. It is an honor to be with you. 800-282-2882. You know who um, warned us about the politicizing of sports uh, really early on? Rush warned us about this. I never thought I would see the day where I would avoid sports or avoid seeing them. And, And I do because of what the NFL has become. For me. And it saddens me because there is, I have an unbelievably strong emotional connection to football because it was something my father and I shared just in common. That and auto racing and, and the outdoors, but, but 
I played football and he watched me play it and he watched me go into my little tiny role in a small college football program for a year. And he was so proud, even just with that. And it was something we could communicate about as, as, as we lived apart. And I lived in San Francisco before that was adopted and became a third world country now divorced entirely from the United States of America. It was only on the way out then. Now it's gone. And he and I could visit about the game and about the, the personalities and my father and I didn't really disagree on politics. He wasn't a particularly political person, and I am. But I avoid it because of what the NFL has told me. The NFL has told me, we don't want you around. And, and we don't want you. Uh, we certainly, if you're around, you need to shut your hole or pretend to care about the social justice stuff that we're embracing and, 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 and don't even understand. And I don't even think that I, the, the expediency with this with the NFL and social justice and backing one, one a, a domestic terror group, Black Lives Matter Incorporated, that doesn't, you know, that I don't even know if they are aware of what they're actually causing, which is going to be the destruction of a country that can even support football <laughs> with the salaries and what we pay these talented people to do what they do to amuse us or that used to be to amuse us. So my wife and I, we're at dinner yesterday, and there was sports on Fox News, and it was it was about the Kentucky Derby. And I'm watching this almost desire for controversy. Did the horse was the horse drugs? Well, I assume so. It's it's a horse, and it's a super athletic horse, and I assume it's drugged. I didn't know that this was not a known thing. And I don't mean to decry sport. I'm just right now taking a beating from one of my listeners for something I said about his sport of choice. So I certainly don't pretend to know horse racing. I don't. I have seen it. But I'm watching sort of this desire for controversy about this. That This horse may lose its title. The jockey may lose its title because it was apparently drugged. And that was a crazy. Is this like the Lance Armstrong of horses is what people are talking about. But as you, as you would imagine, Rush had a completely different take on this. He was talking about Ray Lewis. And Ray Lewis was at one time accused of a of a brutal murder or a double murder. And he was acquitted for that, as I recall. So if, if, if Rush was with us, as we all wish, he might ask us if this horse, Medina Spirit, will be able to use Hillary Clinton's infamous Benghazi shrug. Ray Lewis at the Super Bowl under a cloud of suspicion. Did you know that one of the fastest growing Organisms, one of the fastest growing things in in all of mammaldom, in the entire mammal world. Do you know what grows faster than almost anything? Deer antlers. So what's happened is a bunch of doctors and nutritionists have been able to isolate the material element, whatever, that makes this possible. And they've put it in a spray that human beings use under the tongue. It's called sublingual. For those of you in Rio Linda, sublingual, see, the tongue is how we speak, i.e. language, lingual. Sub means under. So when something is sublingual, it's under the tongue. And that's because things are absorbed into the bloodstream faster there than anywhere, certainly faster than gastrointestinally. Sir Ray Lewis with a categorical denial that he's ever used deer antler spray. He's got a triceps injury that he wanted to come back early from. So it was his last year and he wanted to play. 
in the odds that they made the Super Bowl, they did, so he wanted to make sure he could play. So the allegation is using deer antler spray because it's a performance-enhancing drug. Human growth hormone enhances recovery. He says, I've been tested. Every year, 17 years, I never failed a test. Where have we heard that? We heard that from Lance Armstrong. We heard that from, uh, what's her name, the sprinter, Marion Jones. Here's the thing. This is the problem. For It's not a problem. Nothing's going to happen. You can only, from what I have discovered, you can only detect deer antler spray. But it's important for those of you young athletes out there who are going to try this, and you know you will. You can only detect deer antler spray in the blood. You can't detect it in urine, and the NFL doesn't draw blood for tests. Everything's a urine test, so it won't show up. So even if he has been using deer antler spray, there's no way it would ever show up. This isn't going to go anywhere because there's not going to be any way anybody can establish it unless the deer gives up the goods. Ray Lewis has got a simple explanation or answer for all this. What difference does it make? At this point, what difference does it make about Atlanta and 2000 or whatever happened in a nightclub and the deer antler spray? What difference does it make? Hey, it worked for Hillary. If it worked for Hillary, it's bound to work for somebody like Ray Lewis. <laughs> well, I was just talking with the folks at EAB about this. This, What difference at this point does it make? What about the people who bet on this horse? Wow. Just imagine you're home counting your winnings, and then it turns out the horse is a drug addict. And you don't win on this. But let's, let's, do you have to give the money back? I'd assume you have to give the money back. That's an interesting case in that you didn't, presumably, you didn't drug the horse unless, you know, maybe the maybe you, as one of the fans of the horse, maybe you gave it deer antler. But let's flip what Rush just did, taking the Lewis controversy and comparing it to Hillary. Let's 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 reverse engineer that. So tests designed to not find things. So if deer antler shows up in the blood, but not the or, or shows up in urine, but not blood, and if you don't test blood, you're not going to find the artifacts of deer antler. Oh, it's a brilliant example of the swamp. The, the ethics investigations are not designed to find ethics improprieties. Note to Republicans. You're in a war, a cold civil war over the country. You guys have both had this agreement for years. You know it and I know it. You don't come after ours. We won't come after yours. They've gone after Rudy Giuliani. They're showing you, oh, we'll go banana republic. How about this? You know where their ethical bodies are buried? How about take that to right-wing media? How about bring that to us? We all know the leftists who are using the power of big government to force people to purchase products they don't want from companies they don't like at prices they cannot afford for services they cannot need. That's Obamacare, soon to be other things. We all know there's money in the back end. Why are you not bringing this to us? Well, because you don't want yours brought to you. We don't want the left bringing yours to um, leftists media. The systems in D.C. are designed to not find these things. Just like, I mean, to bring it back to Hillary Clinton. They didn't want to find Hillary Clinton guilty of national security violations. So they allowed the literal hammering away at the devices they wanted to find. They said, 
The two so-called investigators who went after General Flynn, they wanted to get him to lie. There's people still in solitary confinement in Washington, D.C., as I understand it, for the January 6th event. And perhaps they deserve it. Perhaps the government has evidence that I'm not aware of, although I doubt it. They don't want Black Lives Matter Incorporated and Antifa in prison. They're designing tests that don't do that. They don't even need to say it. What difference at this point does it make? We'll talk about some examples of BLM Antifa trying to start just physical violence in suburbs, believe it or not, in Texas. We'll get to that as we continue. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Oh, whoa, there is this. Oh, wait, I forgot this. As you know, Rush loved working with advertisers at this program. He was also quite selective about with whom he worked. And this was especially true in the arena of finance. Hear Rush tell you about the only mortgage company he endorsed. Rush has the details. A home refinance might be the smartest move you make all year. Could save you hundreds in interest every month. Hundreds of dollars in interest every month. It could help you retire earlier. Maybe pay off your loan sooner. But in order for it to really work, you have to be sure you're choosing the right loan with the right lender. And that's why I recommend American Financing. They are a family-owned company. They've been in business for over 20 years, and their mortgage consultants can customize any loan in the industry. That gives you the perfect program for your needs without charging upfront or hidden fees because they only want what's best for you. They really do. Take advantage of a free mortgage review and see just how much you can save. Do this. Call American Financing now, 800-795-1210. That's 800-795-1210 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Oh, this is interesting. It's just never seen this before. What the heck? What? Ohio Governor Mike DeWine caught on a camera defying his own statewide mask mandate with the First Lady Fran DeWine at the Deitch Brothers in Findlay. <laughs> Has there been anyone who's not been caught doing this? And what does this indicate? They don't believe it. They don't believe the mask thing is for real. You don't walk around with it if you think it's actually without it, if you think it's actually saving lives. It's like Al Gore buying seafront property. When does this not become the disqualifier? As it should be. You know, it's 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 a frustration of mine and will remain that. Because it's just so harmed the American psyche and small businesses. It's just so, there was a, um, there's, there's some contemptuous little suggestion from Biden's commerce secretary we'll get to next hour. She says the reason that jobs are down is because folks are scared of the COVID. They don't want to go back to work. Well, that might be true since they've spent the past two years, almost it seems, scaring people about the COVID. How about if you stop scaring the folks? How about if you go to the actuarial data and say, you don't need to be that afraid. Oh, by the way, the woke masks don't work. But, you know, we're just watching our free market system attacked in that way. Let's talk to Bob in Rochester, New York. Bob, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week. Welcome, Bob. Good afternoon, Todd. First, to explain where I'm coming from, I've been a conservative and I've actually listened to Rush since I happened to catch his first day on the air back in 88 or whatever it was. Anyways, one thing I've noticed is the conservative and Republicans in general 
tend to be a bit hypocritical when they're talking about wage rates and so forth. Whenever the economy is in a depressed situation or something like that, they're always going on about, well, the free market won't support higher wages, yada, yada, yada. Um, And it kind of makes sense. But whenever something affects the labor market so that they are not in a favorable favorable position, they don't tend to agree with the free market principle so much. They try to outsource labor to undercut the floor of the domestic market. In this particular case right now today, with the stimulus payments, rather than saying, well, okay, the market has changed, we have to offer, offer more money, they just, uh, well, they, again, they don't want to talk about the free market when it doesn't benefit them. They okay, let's, let's, unpack, let's unpack that a little bit. I'm excited about this phone call. So in your version of a free market, Americans can only do business in America. Yeah, if, you're, if your country is competing with, I don't take this as a negative term, but some country that pays pennies on the dollar compared to U.S. wages. Right, your so you don't, really, you, you don't really mean a free market. You mean a free American market. Right. Okay, we so we're not really competing. talking about free markets. We shouldn't be competing against um, low-wage countries. I'm trying to be diplomatic in the way I say that. No, and I appreciate your, uh, your diplomacy. You have a future in politics. But no, uh, Bob, I'm asking a sincere question. Um, you really don't want free markets. You want a limited market. Yes, limited uh, to protect the U.S. workers. But right now, that's okay. So, but let's let's. But, but let me just let me help help with this. You're not calling in defense of free markets. No, not totally in free. All right. Totally. Okay. So, but you were coming in and saying there's this hypocrisy now about these. Um, what are in fact minimum basic income or universal UBI, universal basic income payments that the government has slipped into this using COVID as cover. Now, you do know that has nothing to do with free markets. So when you have business owners say, we can't afford these wages, that's that's not a market dynamic. That's far from it. That's that's being injected into the market. What? what? Because, Why not? The government because it's is a, part of the market. No, the government is not part of the market. The government has designed is to stay out of the market. The government has designed is to do one thing, that is to protect our rights to engage in voluntary exchanges of goods and services for mutual benefit. The art of negotiation is neither side gets fully what it wants. When the government steps in, stomps down, and says, we are going to now distort the market, it's very much like with the body politic or the body societal, this is very much like walking up to somebody and saying, I think you need an injection of some stuff in your arm, so I'm going to give it to you. You can say, wait a minute, you're disrupting my bodily biology. No, no, no. No, I'm a participant in your bodily biology. But I, I appreciate the phone call, Bob. It's good, good stuff to think about. Thank you for joining Rush's shows all this year of support. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. This just, this just came across. This is from fresh from Joe Biden's dementia. So let's be clear, our economic plan is working. I never said, and no serious analyst ever suggested, that climbing out of the steep, deep hole our economy was in would be simple, easy, immediate, or perfectly steady. Hmm. Maybe paying people to not work, in fact, paying them more money to not work, maybe that will make that a smoother transition. We'll continue to explore that as we unroll the show, because there are so many business owners who are having this experience. Please come to work. 
Coming up in this next hour, we have a really powerful EIB high note about a man who changes life through rehabilitating birds of prey. And in this current climate, it's a remarkable story. You're not going to want to miss this. When you see these birds, you instantly fall in love. You feel this connection. And it really saved me because I would have had too much time on my hands to do nothing. And having these birds and having to train them and having something else that you have to care about and do for keeps you grounded. Another aspect of conservatism that I hope that our side of things will explore, and and that is the redemptive nature of of work beyond prison. And I mean this, that, that one of the things that we should show is the power of respect for human life and dignity and work and how it transforms lives as the left is handing out universal basic income, UBI, and just freeing, you know, uh, dangerous felons under the cover of the COVID, conservatives can own and should own redemption of that nature. Much more to get to. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Let me tell you about an American company whose entire mission is built around supporting this same community of people which I'm a part of and proud to be so. GovX.com is an online shopping platform that people like me with service-related backgrounds have been using for years. There are over 8.5 million GovX members benefiting from the site today. As a GovX member, I get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. If you're a member, GovX.com is the first place to check when you're shopping online. If you've served our country in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, emergency medical services, or other government agency roles, go to GovX.com. 
That's govgovx.com and create your free membership today. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart, and you'll get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Thank you to my friends at 590 KQNT in Spokane letting me camp out again in their studio. I should probably just start paying for part of the studio. Don't tell them I said that. Today, in fact, is the day the Lord has made, and I am thankful and glad within it. And these are the times in which God has decided we will live. There should be a name for the dynamic where the media gets to say an unexpected lowering of expectations and jobs. Unexpected cut in. No, it's not unexpected. There's this funny dynamic that's, that exists. When you tell people, look, if, if you go to work uh, and, and you happen to run into a coronavirus, it may rip the skin from your body and then celebrate it by deep frying it and feeding it to your children. Or you could stay home and bring home 40 large a year for not working. There's a weird dynamic where people go, let's see. The entire technocrat state is telling me that this is the most deadly virus known to man. And at the same time, the figurehead, Joe Biden's dementia, is saying, hey, listen, don't be a chump. Here's a bunch of money for not working. That It's funny how people will put that together and say, that's, maybe I won't work. And so you have this unemployment report that is, in a sane world, catastrophic. And then you have the individuals, the business owners who are watching their business model be stomped into the ground by a new floor on unemployment, rather on income. And here's the unfairness of this. What's going on that began in March of last year when there was no great reset because that was a conspiracy theory, even though we have Joe Biden's dementia saying we're going to build back better. It was buildbackbetter.gov when he doesn't screw it up by saying build back barter or build back uh, buttress, but actually says build back better. That's what he says. We're installing this UBI. We're watching jobs sink. We're watching no comeback from the technocrat-enforced, medically useless, deadly, politically advantageous lockdowns. And we're seeing the market change. And here's the unfairness to this. Now, think about this, please. Just I beg you to think about this. What is, what is the minimum wage for a business owner? What is it? It's zero. And sometimes it's less than zero. What do I mean? Oh, you still have to pay for your building and your vendors and your power and your legal and your taxes. Sometimes income means the opposite of income. Here's another way to look at this. What is the minimum effort an employee must commit or contribute to get a minimum wage? In all of humandom, There is no dynamic where minimum effort isn't required for something. You might need to commit the effort to get off your couch and change the channel if you lose your remote. That's the minimum effort. That sometimes, that's really hard for people. If you want to lift weights, you'll have to lift the weight. It won't lift itself. But only in the realm of economics do we depend otherwise or pretend otherwise. So Gina Raimondo, she is the Commerce Secretary 
for Joe Biden's dementia. And at last week's disappointing jobs report, which fell short of expectations, Republicans pointing to the enhanced unemployment aid. They say this disincentivizes people to go back to work. But the Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, claims there's no data to support that argument. People are still telling us the number one reason they're not going back to work is fear due to the virus. And more people were looking for work last month than the month before. Oh, I have an idea. Well, really, I've been lying for some time about the, uh, uh, the, 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 the idea that this virus is deadly to everybody. It's really just people uh, in their 80s who, who, are, um, who are vitamin D deficient and obese. For most everybody else, this is less deadly than the common flu. So, look, uh, listen, my bad. Let's chalk it up to I like to be on the TV. And that would be a refreshing moment of honesty. You have the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Executive Vice President and Chief Policy Officer Neil Bradley said in a statement, paying people to not work is dampening what should be a stronger jobs market. One step policymakers should take now is ending the $300 weekly supplemental unemployment benefit. Based on the Chamber's analysis, the $300 benefit results in approximately one in four recipients taking home more in unemployment than they've earned. Hello? Office of Chief Policy Officer Neil Bradley, U.S. Chamber of Commerce. You backed Biden. Oh, that's mean. You backed Biden. You you begged for socialism. Now you're going, I don't think I like the socialism. Take the socialism off me. No, it's just a leech. It's good for the blood. Right? Funny. Unexpected consequences. Now, you know this, you know, (laughs) Rush said this all along, didn't he? As you'll hear in this here sound clip. Folks, there is this sad reality here that there are a number of Americans who are, quote unquote, earning more on welfare, unemployment, whatever you want to call it, than they were working. And some of them are making the decision that they would rather do that then go back to work and earn less. Now, one way only makes common sense. If you're going to pay somebody $60,000 a year to not work and their job pays them 40 or 50, what do you think they're going to do? We don't know how many that is, but what we do know is that that disincentive to work has to be fixed. The federal government simply cannot be responsible for providing incentives For people not to go back to work in this circumstance when we need the economy rebounding and fast. That is what the Democrat Party stands for. That's what Joe Biden wants to do. Biden, Pelosi, all these Democrats, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, whoever you think, crazy Bernie, whoever the leaders of the Democrat Party are, that's what they believe in, paying people not to work. It's even worse. Listen to me. Do not doubt me on this. What the Democrat Party, what Pelosi specifically is attempting to do, folks, this is really hideous. They are with their proposal of a $3 trillion extension COVID-19 support package. What they are trying to do is convince as many voters as possible that socialism works. That you never have to work again. That your government can give you 
plenty enough money where you can have a decent life. They can give you $60,000 a year without you ever having to work. That is one of the lying premises of socialism, that everybody can be rich, that everybody can be comfortable, and that everybody can be the same. Nobody will have more than anybody else. That it can be a quasi-utopia. Well, that can't be done in perpetuity, and the Democrats know it, and they wouldn't do it in perpetuity. This is the most one of the most disingenuous, misleading, cruel things that I think they have ever tried. And that is the attempt to convince as many voters that the government can provide everybody $60,000 a year for not working. That's what they're going to try to convince people. It is hideous because it's not possible, folks. But to a bunch of people that have been ill-educated all their lives and do not know the truth of Marxism, socialism, communism, people in their 20s and 30s who believe that socialism is utopia, it's a panacea, and the Democrats are going to finally make it happen. Hey, if you're a business owner, just just please try this. Please try this, particularly if you have equity or an ESOP, an employee, employee stock option pool. Give people the option of having the same minimum wage as you and, and make it voluntary if you're a business owner. And, and tell them, we will have the same minimum wage, okay? And I'm going to involve you in equity. We'll have, this, we'll have a similar upside capacity. And that's going to sound really good to them. And you can say, look, if we build the company up and it's really large and, and we sell it for a lot of money, this could be world-changing, life-changing money for you. This could be millions and millions or more for you. And we'll have the same minimum wage. I will guarantee you that 90% of the people, if they have been, you know, employees their whole life, they'll say, wow, the upside. I didn't know that's the word for it. Okay, I want this upside. What is your minimum wage? Tell them it's zero. Sometimes, and sometimes it's less than. In fact, open the books a little bit. I know that seems a scary move. It really does. But look, churches do this. Responsible churches open their finances. Open the books a little bit and share with them. You know, last month, I had to dig into my pocket I didn't make money. There really is this belief, this veneer that that all business owners are rolling in money. And part of that is it's hard to say to your employees. And sometimes you don't want to do that because they're going to start looking for other work. Well, now they don't need to. They just take the government checks. I think it's a humanizing thing to let them know we had to dig into our pockets to pay this stuff this month. And I think it changes this dynamic so that when they hear the left and they hear Biden's dementia and his people demonizing business owners, they they won't follow along with that. Although they've stopped doing that. Have you noticed that all of a sudden the left? There's no more filthy rich billionaires. You notice that? Because all the filthy rich billionaires are rolling up to the SJW slop wagon. Give us some of that tasty SJW slop money. We'll come back and talk more about um, socialism, more about experiments in freedom. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Dare I say having more fun than a guide host should ever be allowed to have in the shadow of the master. It's uh, the EIB Network, 800-282-2882. Todd Herman, thrilled to be with you today as we continue with a particularly poignant comparison of Russia's wisdom to today's news. I want you to listen to this clip of Joe Biden's dementia from May 7, 2021. And I want to ask yourself a question. 
want you to ask yourself a question. Cognitive. Really think about this. As you hear this, does anyone believe Joe Biden's dementia knows what it's actually saying here? Most middle class, working class people that I know think the way my dad did. He used to say, and I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm going to continue to because I think it's critical. A job is a lot more than a paycheck, he'd say, Joey. It's about your respect, your dignity, your place in the community. More than a paycheck is people's pride. It's about being able to look your child in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay. I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten those folks I grew up with. I think about them every day as president. And I think about them particularly as I am destroying 40% of small businesses. Well, I mean, 40% of small businesses have been destroyed in the medical useless, deadly, politically advantageous to the left lockdowns, selective lockdowns. Now this assault continues by a false floor on income. That false floor on income, paying people money to not work, creates an economic distortion. That economic distortion has people whose life savings are predicated upon logical, predictable growths in the minimum wage. And in return for value, that has been utterly, utterly distorted. They can't sell sandwiches for 16 bucks. Well... Look, I know that an iced tea, you think I'm lying and I'm not, an iced tea in Beverly Hills at Beverly Hills Hilton 15 years ago was 16 bucks. I'm not kidding. I'm I'm stunned. People there can pay that. They can't pay that in, in the actual United States. So look, here, let the Maha explain it to Joe Biden's dementia. The universal basic income they've used the COVID flu to install cannot compete with a merit-based economy. Plugs is out talking about jobs. Let me let me find the tweet. He's tweeted out something that Democrats always say about jobs, and it's just it's it's pathetic. It's about we support jobs with dignity. And here's Plugs' tweet: A job is about a lot more than a paycheck. A job is about dignity. It's being able to look your kid in the eye and say everything's going to be okay and mean it. Too many people today can't do that. We have to build an inclusive middle class and restore the dignity of work. They have been spewing garbage like this for 40 years. It's a bunch of tripe that doesn't mean anything. On the other hand, Trump is action. These guys sit around and they're nothing but eternal promises. Eternal promises of utopia. So we've got the greatest jobs report that Plugs has ever seen in his lifetime, including many of us could say the same thing. And he's got to talk about, well, well, you know, it's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about dignity. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, kid, I got a job for you in Ukraine that's going to pay you a million and a half dollars a year. And you don't have to know anything about the business. I'm sorry. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say everything is going to be okay and mean it. Like everything's not okay now? Like Trump's jobs have no dignity? Like parents are scared to face their kids because the jobs don't have dignity? Did I tell you? Does Biden's dementia even know what he said with his kid getting the no work, no show, $100 million gig from the Ukraine? What if we could talk to a real live business owner who has no minimum wage? Hey, we can. Let's talk to Roger in Northern Virginia. Roger, you're on the EIB Network. Todd Herman, your guide host this week. Welcome, Roger. 
Hey there. So I've uh, had two small businesses, which means I've got 20 years as a leader in the nonprofit sector. <laughs> well, at least you've got two small businesses and all that dignity and the, and the paychecks you've provided. So how's it working out for you, this new UBI they've installed using the COVID flu as cover? Gun to my head. Shoot me now. Well, so I can't. We, I'm in Spokane, have, Washington. You're Northern Virginia. I can't shoot you now. Yeah. You don't really mean that, uh, do you? Well, it'd be better than trying to deal with some of this stuff. Um, so we have a day spa, and uh, we've been trying to hire a massage therapist for over a year. And one of the resorts in the area closed around the beginning of COVID, laid off 12 massage therapists. Not a single one has applied for our jobs that have been listed every week on Craigslist and on Indeed. Wow. Maybe they all got coding jobs somewhere after going through the <laughs> Biden or anything. Well, program. there is, of course, you know, I, how many homes is Al Gore down to now? Was it is he down to like almost uh, I think he dropped it down to like 100 homes. I think he has a massage therapist in those homes, but those are not the sort of massage therapists you hire. So you're, no. you're no right. That's the chakra thing. Um, you are you can't fill these roles. And is this I mean, Northern Virginia is a juggernaut because you guys have this great business model of Washington, D.C. If you want more money, you take more money. So even in the center of the center of the take more money universe, you guys cannot get people to come. What do you pay? What does a massage therapist earn? Uh, with tips anywhere from 30 to 50, depending on how many days they're willing to work and how much they're willing to work because they all have the Goldilocks syndrome that, you know, three clients is too little, five clients is too many. So I want five, four clients every day, you know, on clockwork and anything more than that are either killing me or starving me. Man. But I can't get, I can't get them in the door. Can't get them. They can't, can't get them to apply. They're not listing their resumes out there and you can't like go to the state board and you can't go to the labor department and say, hey, you know, I've got jobs and I know there are people here that are, you know, out of yeah. work in this field. And this isn't the first time. Do you remember when Obama extended uh, the unemployment benefits to 52 weeks after the yes. crash? One of the poster children he had in the Rose Garden with him was a skincare specialist who worked for a different one of our competitors who sat there whining how she couldn't get a job. So thank God Obama has given me money. We were posting a job for skincare specialists at that same time. She never applied. Uh, I wish people would spend more time with just simple, simple dynamics. Just try this with your kids, Roger. And then I don't, I don't think of employees as kids. I never think of people who work as, for me as my kids. But just try the experiment with your kids. Just tell them, look, I'll give you seven bucks an hour for for working in the home, or I'll give you five bucks an hour to not work. Just try it. Right? You will find out pretty quick that human nature rolls all the way down to six- and seven-year-olds. It's almost like the technocrats want a great reset, but that couldn't happen. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Heads up, you seriously put this on a calendar reminder. Uh, James Golden is going to join me in hour one of uh, Wednesday's program. And you know James as Bo Schnerdly. He's working on a podcast series that he hosts called Rush Limbaugh, the band behind the Golden EIB microphone. And he's going to be sitting alongside of me as we actually play a portion of this unbelievably heartfelt, very insightful first podcast from his series. Twelve episodes in all, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers Foundation and MyPillow. I promise you, uh, you will enjoy the time you spend with both of us. This has been happening 
on the West Coast for years, and it is these domestic terror groups threatening people, pulling them out of their cars, beating them. Used to happen just in downtown. Now they're taking the show into suburbs. Uh, my friend Victoria Taft at uh, Pajamas Media has a piece, I thought I was going to die. Man held at gunpoint, beaten by Portland's Antifa BLM terrorists. He's taken to a hospital trauma center. Often this happens in sight of cops. I'm not kidding. And, and, and it's not the police's fault. Do not blame the blue. They're not allowed to do anything. Now, Black Lives Matter Antifa took this show to Texas. And it was Black Lives Matter Antifa who drew guns on unarmed Texans, including a black man who was committing the crime of wanting to go home to his family. And the look on this man's face is, is part astonishment. You would do this to people? And I don't even know that I detected rage as much as just astonishment. How dare you? They're seeking violence. They are. Greg Abbott now has said there's going to be extra punishment for people who stop motorists. Of course, there's other states that have passed these laws. Ron DeSantis has done this. And in New York, there's been an 83% surge in increase in shootings since the defund, defund, since events in other cities like Minneapolis, this has happened. There was a shooting this weekend, Times Square, at the same intersection where thousands of Americans gathered to see the, the ball drop. This is happening around the country, and now it's spreading into the suburbs. And it's not, this isn't, this isn't organic. This isn't accidental. This is designed. Ten months ago, in a morning update, Rush talked about how the city of New York was taking the teeth out of law enforcement, and nothing has changed in that time. The rising crime wave in New York City. Talk about it all the time. Shootings up 200% over last year. All sorts of violence and mayhem being unleashed. Now, the mayor... The idiot Bill de Blasio says people's pent-up frustration of being cooped up inside because of the virus. He says that's the reason for skyrocketing crime. He says the $1 billion cut in the police budget, that's got nothing to do with it. Dismantling the anti-crime task force, the plainclothes unit, that's got nothing to do with it either. And, of course, neither does his release of over 2,000 hardened criminals from Rikers Island. And now another genius... New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has put her two cents in. She agrees the massive police budget cuts are not related to the crime wave because she wants the police defunded. She says rising crimes caused by people who are scared to pay their rent. They go out, they shoplift a loaf of bread to feed their hungry kids. Well, how does that account for the 200% increase in shootings? Meanwhile, on the other coast, California Democrats are about to release... 8,000 criminals from jails and prisons to stop the virus from spreading, supposedly. (laughs) Liberal Democrats, they defund the police the same time they release criminals from jail. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? If you're not in these cities, you can't know how possibly know how bad it is or how insane it is. You can't know that, in fact, uh, in cities like Portland and Seattle, They will not let you sweep homeless camps where people are overdosing, carrying knives, guns, etc. But they will make the kids go to school with woke masks. Please, again, another learning opportunity. Please. The same government that's telling you to wrap yourself in a woke mask is telling you to walk through a drug camp. Which in Portland, San Francisco, those are sex trafficking camps too. It's a two for one. Sex trafficking is more profitable and safer for the traffickers 
has been traditionally. Just a comparison with your kids. Why do you think they want us to wear masks but want you to walk by people who are taking meth, shooting up, performing acts of prostitution in tents? Why is that? Why is it okay that they dispose of their human waste on the streets, but we would get fined if we did that when we went camping? If the park ranger came by in the state park and, hey, you didn't take your waste with you. Here's a $5,000 fine. Oh, we're homeless. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here's your $5,000 stimulus payment. My bad. Let's talk to Chris in Lincoln Park, Michigan. Chris, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week. I'm glad you waited, Chris. Welcome to Rush's program. Thanks, Todd. Todd, I want to I wanna have a very serious discussion about something I've heard you talk about a dozen times, and I have routinely called, called in hoping that I could have this specific conversation with you, and that is the 99.99% of other public um, official positions, public offices out there that people need to really, really need to run for. I've heard you talk about this. All the zoning boards, all your downtown development authorities, school boards, city councils, county commissions, um, state state legislatures, all those all those positions. Um, I am a former uh, councilman here in Lincoln Park, and I have ran for office four times in the last last ten years. Ran, won a few races, lost a few races, um, filled an unexpired term. So everybody out there. This is very, very significant. Yes, what we do need to clean up everything in, in, in D.C., trust me. I mean, real, you know, throw everybody out there and, and put in new people. But the other 99.99% people out there, I, I've talked to so many people, and I say, you know, you're pretty smart. You ought to run for office. And I get the same excuse, Todd. Oh, I'm too busy. No, that's an excuse. You, you don't even know what busy is until you're a part-time councilman with a full-time job trying to put in 30 hours a week actually working on the detailed plans of trying to turn your city around or your county around or your school board. And this this nation needs hundreds of thousands of new people in public office at all these levels. And and I And I've heard you very passionately talk about this before. Yeah, and this is so important, Chris. I want to thank you for sticking your neck out there. Let's just take this job by job, and let's just take it dynamic by dynamic. Um, The sexual left is buying your children through comprehensive sex education. They're buying their mental health, and they're buying their sexual health. They're buying their physical health, for gosh sake, through wrong sex hormones in little kids. That's a school board thing. Your governor can say, oh, we're going to make sure this happens. You on the school board can raise holy heck and say, no, we can we can fund our own sex ed. We're going to do that. No, we're not going to have a Planned Parenthood clinic in our school. You as a school board member have the authority to go. I mean, you don't have the authority. You have the ability to go knock on your door and say, I'm on the school board. I've seen the curriculum. This is what they're wanting to do to our kids. You can stop that. You can forestall that. That's just school board. Zoning boards. The left plays this game here so brilliantly. Take a um, a, a state like um, Oregon. They want to carbon copy Portland into eastern Oregon, guys. So they're looking for the density that allows them to do that because density invites corruption. How? Because when you're building at density, now you get to make the arguments for buses and choo-choo trains and all the things the left likes. What does that do? It comes along with monies for the unions. 
And those monies for the unions elects Democrats, even in what you thought were solidly red states. My friends, there are no solidly red states. Everything is in play. Zoning commissions can forestall that. Right? Development. People want to sell land, and, and gosh bless them, they've spent their lives building it up. And they split it into these little, you know, subzones, et cetera, these, you know, apartments where there were homes. People need places to live, but they don't need to change the complete dynamic of a state overnight, which is what these things do. You go from, you know, neighborhoods of self-sufficiency and, and people who have built up to be that. They didn't always have the money for a 10-acre plot. But changing it overnight changes the voting in your states overnight. It changes all of this. Those jobs that Chris mentioned, those elected jobs, may well be the thing that stops the expansion of leftism. Right? As we work on election integrity, et cetera, at the federal level, they don't have the bandwidth to cheat on all the little local elections. They just don't. That is something we must do. Thank you, Chris, and for sticking your neck out there and bringing that up. We come back. Um, the EIB high note, a great story of redemption. Conservatives should own this. This is another way we can win hearts and minds. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Man, it's been fun to be with you today and this week on the EIB Network. Your guide host, Todd Herman. Thanks to um, uh, Team AIB, everybody back there. It is so much for you. I wish you knew the love that goes into the show. Someday I'm going to find a way to really make that clear to you. Here's an example. Um, the EIB high note, right? Th- this is, we need things like this. And Republicans, conservatives should own things like this. It's redemption. It's rebirth. In this case, it involves a raptor that changed a young man's life. So there's a young man named, um, his name is Rodney Stotts, and he's a former drug dealer. He turned falconer. So he was pretty Hardcore criminal. Went to 33 funerals in a year until he said, no, nah, I'm out. I don't want to live this way. And he took a job at Earth Conversation Course in D.C., Corp. Who was it? Was it Obama that couldn't say that? Yeah. And he met a falconer named Bob Nixon. And Mr. Nixon taught him about rehabilitating injured birds of prey. And most, I didn't know this, but most raptors don't make it to adulthood. And Rodney Stotts learned how intervention could help them survive, and he noticed something. There's a parallel to his life. And he made an immediate connection with these birds. And he said, Stotts said, the first time I held the bird, it took me somewhere else. And in that moment, he instantly knew there was way more to life than he had been living. In three decades since... Mr. Stotts has earned his falconry license, worked with thousands of youth in underserved communities, and has founded his own nonprofit called Rodney's Raptors. Before falconry, before I joined with the nonprofit, with the Earth Conservation Corps, I was a drug dealer. I sold coke, weed, pills, whatever I had to sell, I would sell it. The whole street life, that's what it was. You start understanding that it's more to life than the street. It's more to life than this corner. It's more to life than sitting here with a gun, sitting here trying to flip this, having to duck these people. It's more to life than that. We want to stop this nonsense, these young people not having something to do. You know, we constantly hear people say, well, young people don't have, they don't want to do anything. Yes, they do. If you give them an opportunity, yes, they do. And what would the left have us do? Give them a UBI. We should own this. 
conservatives should own redemption. And it's not about saying you didn't commit the crime or we're forgetting you committed the crime. It's not about that. It's about saying, hey, let's make it possible that you not do it anymore. Let's use our principles of the dignity of life to help people live that way. Let's use what God designed us to do. We're designed to toil. We're designed to help one another. We're designed to forgive. Doesn't mean forget. Doesn't mean it was okay that you did the crime. right? Or we could just turn them all over to a UBI and say, hey, here's money for not working. On that topic, let's talk to Chris in Bend, Oregon. Chris, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week. We got about 90 seconds together. Chris, I'm glad you called. Welcome to the Russia Show. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, having the opportunity to, to join your, your show. Uh, I just wanted to follow up to uh, the former city councilor, as I am a former city councilor here in Bend, uh, that we we must continue to uh, have people to serve uh, at the local uh, level so we can create a greater impact at the state level and, and at the federal level. My, my comment today is that here in the state of Oregon, uh, I have created a, or started a discussion about uh, the inappropriate continuation of the three $300 bonus of unemployment. It is impacting jobs. It is impacting our industries across the state. It is creating a labor shortage. And here in Central Oregon, I just am calling to one advocate on behalf of all small to medium sized businesses uh, to really push, like Governor uh, Gianforte is doing up in Montana, uh, to have a discussion about ceasing the $300 allowance and creating more of an incentive for workers to come back to work via the employer. And currently we have State Senator uh, Dan uh, Bonham uh, that is going to be proposing this on the floor, uh, but we are, are seriously seeing an impact on this, and it's not, it's not right right now. We need to get the, the labor force back, back into work. Businesses yep. that are able to reopen can't reopen Absolutely. because they don't have the staff. Absolutely. And Chris, I maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me that doing some research back in the day, I heard once that disappearing the middle class from a country, that's sort of bad. That sometimes that turns out poorly, like, you know, scapegoating an entire race of people. So maybe we should reverse that. We'll wrap the show up as we continue. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Hey, don't forget that Jason Lewis, uh, fellow guide host, had a great interview with Elise Stefanik, who may well replace... Uh, Liz Cheney in Republican leadership chains. That's going to be available at RushLimbaugh.com. It's just, you know, further sign of of how strong and robust uh, the EIB network continues to be. Uh, this is just an ex- just a suggestion. There are so many people choosing to not work. And there is a biblical principle. Those who refuse to work don't eat. Right. And, and we also have the principle of of giving aid to people who need it. Right? And those are both things that are biblical. But there's also this. If you have a Trump shirt or you have a, an NRA shirt or a, a, a shirt that celebrates conservatism or the Constitution, wear it into a restaurant that's understaffed and thank the people there for being there and over tip. And we went to a restaurant yesterday. I don't know if this guy was running a swindle had a great story. I didn't care. There were two people in a restaurant that was packed. My wife had warned us against it. They're short-staffed. She used to be a waiter. She knows what she's talking about. Um, I ended up leaving, leaving the gentleman a really big tip because he was there and left a note. And this is some things that we can do face-to-face, not just to win back our country because people say, wow, a Republican did that? 
but also because it's the right thing to do. Tomorrow we'll talk more about what is happening with this backdoor UBI installation on the EIB Network. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.